Welcome to the Backstory Podcast. Uh, for the listeners, my name is Jacob, and I'm one of the ministers here at WCC. And this podcast is designed for helping members of the church and outside the church to get to know some of the backstories of the people who go to church here. Everyone has a great story that we don't always get to share, but this is a perfect opportunity to share those. And for the listeners, I am joined by um, somewhat longtime members, Chip and Tina Murdoch. Chip and Tina, thank you for carving out some time to have this conversation with me. Our pleasure, man. I just want to jump right into a question that I don't even really know fully. And that question is, where are you both from originally? Originally, I was born in upstate New York and moved to Ohio when I was about two. Now, what? so upstate, so we're not talking Long Island. No, We're talking Watertown. about the part of New York no one really talks about. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Chip, you're originally from Michigan, is that right? Mm-hmm. I was born, believe it or not, in Bethesda in Cincinnati, the one, okay. the one right next to Ken, uh, White Castle. <laughs> oh, for Martin Luther King, yeah, yeah. I was born over there, man, and then uh, I spent my first seven years here. In Ohio, and did my formative years up in in uh, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Michigan. So that's why I'm a diehard Lions fan. You know? Okay, well, but you were born in Ohio, which yeah, means there's some good in everyone, right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I tolerate I tolerate you, Ohio folks, man. So this is part of me. There's a little Buckeye in his heart. Yeah. How, how long have you both been married? We just, uh, <laughs> I, I, just put, years. I just put you to the test. Yes. Yeah. 24 years, man. <laughs> Great job. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> I knew as soon as I said that Tina was going to look at you like this is a test. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. he answers that with really great confidence incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a classic. That's well, a here's classic. another test. How did you both meet? Do you remember that story? Yeah. 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 Um, um, my version is that we met in right here in Wilmington because I was I was going to grad school at Miami, <clears throat> and um, was just about to move to Nashville, and um, met Tina before I took off to Nashville. Met her at the church. Um, the way we met, I'll actually step aside and let Tina finish that one. So. I like to tell the story that we um, got to know each other while I helped dress and undress him behind a curtain at church. Um, A little more detail is that um, he had started a puppet ministry, and Ah. we only had two or three puppets that were kind of handcrafted, but they had to play several different characters. So while he was puppeteering with one hand, I was changing the outfit and wig on the other hand. Um, and so they would be different characters as he went up and down. How old were you guys at the time? Oh. I was 24, 25. You were, yeah. I was, so I was pushing 30, 31, something like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I didn't uh, know that you started a puppet ministry. Yeah, man. So uh, I start this puppet ministry because I did it at, at Oral Roberts. I always loved the Muppets and stuff coming up through high school. So I go off to college, go to uh, ORU in Tulsa, and they have tons of ministries, right? Every Right. Every activity is a ministry of some sort, but I joined the puppet team, bring it back here. They bring me up to the church, to I mean, in front of the church and say, hey, um, this gentleman's starting a, this brother's starting a puppet ministry. We need volunteers. <laughs> this pretty young lady steps up and I'm like, oh, okay, she's 
kind of pretty, man. And she likes puppets. That's that's a wife. Thank you, so, Lord, for starting yeah, this ministry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then one of our first dates, man, she gave me a drum. So uh, that was, I knew she was a keeper, man. <laughs> a Ludwig Acrylite snare um, for, for you techies out there. But yeah. So I don't even tell this too much, but when I was in junior high, I got involved with a puppet ministry. I okay. traveled around Ohio through oh, the right church, right and we thought we were rock stars because you had to load up the van, <laughs> and we would go to nursing homes and play puppet shows. <laughs> we did the same thing, man. We did it in Tulsa nursing homes, parks. You know, we just set up in the projects, man, in the park and run some power out and boom. And we, I don't regret it because it. that was a big thing. Loved it, man. And, you know, the um, the the... People, every everyone loved it. I don't care what age you were. People loved it. Yes. And among his many talents, he wrote all the scripts too for it. Nice. So, um, the characters kind of became beloved in our <laughs> church, and they were just kind of like, "What is going to happen to Malik next?" Yeah. It was kind of cool. Yeah, man. We had some puppets that were, um, we we handcrafted them out of tissue box, believe it or not, and we used them as blacklight puppets. So you okay. would see the black like faces, and that's kind of what, what we were known for. And uh, we prepared this whole show for the black light puppets, and we went to the nursing home, and they refused to turn the lights out. <laughs> so so all you see is just crafted <laughs> tissue boxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were funny. useless. What were um, yours made of? Everything. We had one or two legit pups, but we had like a foam block that we had yeah. literally cut and made a jawline out of it and grooved it out and clop, clop, flop, flop, you know, and that was one of them. Um, I think we, I might have handcrafted another one, but we got a hold of some. One of them had duct tape involved. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, they sure did. They sure did. Paint, duct tape, everything. Man. Wigs, yarn. Uh, do-rags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was great. So you buy him a drum. No. I didn't buy it. It was a, um, I had a snare drum that my cousin had given okay. me because I thought drums were pretty cool when I was young until I realized I didn't have any rhythm. And so <laughs> when he came along, I was like, oh, he would love this drum. Yes. And, and he was kind of cute. So. Yeah. And if she says drums are cool, you're like, that's a keeper, keeper right? Keeper, Jack. Yes, how, how long have you played drums? Since I, seriously, since I was 19. I, I was actually in the Army when I committed to playing drum kit um but before i used to put like hand percussion bongos and things like that in high school so i came up an informal garage band route mm. and then i got serious about my formal education after i got out of um, high school and was in the military and stuff so i started i got real serious about studying music after that so you said you were going to move to nashville was that for the purpose of drumming mm-hmm honestly yeah yeah so i did i moved off for two years to nashville but to keep me buoyant, I went to grad school mm -hmm. and um, yeah, <laughs> went and, and got certified K through 12 teaching. I'd already had a master, so I front loaded everything. So in two years, I got my cert teaching certification and dropped out. So, but yeah, that kept me afloat <laughs> somewhat. And uh, I proposed to Tina. Uh, and she had the audacity to challenge me to get a job. Oh, like, you know, I, could, I got beats. What do you need a job for? But so long story short, that's why I moved back up this way. And she had to she had the job. So you got I mean, because correct me for a moment, you actually did some touring for a while with some bands. Mm -hmm. Was that before or after you met Tina? 
Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Both, and that was man. the reason you challenged him. Like, okay, get a real job. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, we were, we were, I mean, I had played a lot of groups and stuff like that before I met, met Tina, but I, when I got to Nashville, I started hitting the road with this rock band, believe it or not. And we played the Chitlin Circuit, man, pretty much from Atlanta through Mississippi route. We hit New Orleans once or twice, once. And we were going out probably two or three weekends a month. And then one time I told a lie and told her we were going out. And actually a friend of hers set her up. So I actually drove up this way and proposed to her, Jay Alexander's, you know. So it was, that, that's how we were. It's very sweet. Here we are. Um, so, yeah, man, the touring thing was cool, but uh, the stability was what really mattered, mattered more. That's why I came back this way. All right. Now, the kind of shift things a bit, um, I, I've known you two for coming up on 10 years, probably close, mm -hmm. some, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what led you to Jesus? I, I think that's a great question that I think a lot of people should know. And how did you two come to Jesus? Um, I grew up in church. Um, we went to the Church of Christ in Martinsville when I lived in Southern Ohio. We went to a church in Northern Ohio. Um, out of a pretty questionable experience at a church, um, my mom kind of stopped going for a while. And um, so when I went to college, um, there was kind of this space where I was self-discovery and that sort of thing. And then um, when I was 21, I just really came to came back home and came to Christ and got baptized as an adult. Okay. I was, my mother was uh, uh, exploring humanity. She was, she studied anthropology at U of M, go blue. And uh, <laughs> so she was taking me, you know, taking us through a myriad of different religious experiences and things like that. Um, but my grandmother was, was the anchor. She was a musician at her church, at the Baptist church, all of our lives. So all the, all my, uncles and, and aunts came up through the church. My mother had Christian roots, but we explored a bit, so we veered off and, and came back to Christianity late, late, later. Uh, well, my point of salvation and, and, and surrendering was in, um, I was in basic training in the Army as a 17. And so that's where I, uh, down in Louisville, believe it or not, because uh, we were in um, at Fort Knox. And they, whatever reason, they decided in the middle of basic training to bring us to church in the middle of a week and have a variety of show in this basement and gave us some sloppy joes and everything. And then this guy just spoke the gospel, man, and boom. And that's when I uh, committed. And then I got baptized uh, later, probably a few years later in California. I'm a sloppy judge in Jesus. That's that's the dream. It. You can't beat it. That's the dream. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I know you mentioned your grandma, um, some other people. I don't know if this would be that for you, but who are some influential people that may have helped lead you towards that decision or who has helped you along your uh, walk with Christ? You mean back then or now or, or you just? Anything, anything. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so many mentors along the way. But, I mean, you know, you raise a child up the way they should go. They they won't stray far, right? Mm -hmm. And so my mother didn't stray far. My uncle didn't stray far. Um, it was always around us, right? And uh, we always had, you know, 
always had a connection to some type of church in the sense that it was always part of our community. So we always had that influence there. We didn't always go, but you knew where Reverend Wall's church was in Ipsy and all this stuff. So it, um, that's in Michigan. But um, there were several, several people. I think in the military, there was a brother who, who walked up with me when, when I committed my life to Christ. His name was Derek Stinchcomb. I'll never forget him. And then um, going to California where I got stationed, I uh, became affiliated with um, uh, the Church of God in Christ, which is, yeah. is a real big, big denomination uh, in the apostolic, uh, not apostolic, but the Pentecostal uh, mm-hmm. African-American faith. So Pastor McGee there was great. I got a dear friend now I'm, I'm still good friends with named Stan Wynn. You know, he and I, he was a bass player who convinced me and told me I was a drummer before I was, you know, <laughs> before I even realized I was. And another friend named Sam McCoy, who's a minister now, my dear friend Mike Freeman, uh, who's, who's a keyboard cat. He's a pastor up in, in um, um, Urbana, you know, and, and Phil Terrell. Um, and I'll have best friends. I call them a council of seers. So I have, yeah, yeah, yeah I have a council of <laughs> seers, right? And, and they're just all, they're, they're the ones that give me all good advice and mentors, you know, and, and coaching as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I can go on and on. But those, the, and Pastor Harris here in town and, and, and um, uh, Curtis Somerville, the pastor of Bible Missionary Baptist Church, who's just all have been supportive and not a lot of just unspoken folks too, man. There's a lot. But it's humbling when you really start to yes. sit down and think how many people God brings into your life, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Tina, I'm, do you have a long list? <laughs> um, not as long as that. My mom most definitely was the most influential, and my childhood best friend has always been um, just a, a real solid rock for me. Um, her name is Jamie. And then um, when I was in college, the person that— ran the apartment complex where I lived was actually Pastor Harris's wife. Mm -hmm. And she was very instrumental in um, my going to that church. And that's actually where I met him. So I feel like everything was the perfect path. I tell you what, it's just humbling again to hear just how many people can steer you in the right direction. And speaking of, you said earlier, you know, if you train up a child the way they should go, they will not stray far. And several of your children has not strayed far because they come here to church with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, tell us, tell us about your family. All right, all right. Very unique family, man. Blended family, uh, and unapologetically, mm. you know, we 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 we're proud of, of, of who we are. But, um, you know, Tina and I uh, met. Tina had the girls already, mm-hmm. so I met the girls when they're about a year and a half, um, and. I married them when they were five and a half, I believe, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I joke around lately. I just say, you know, when I was in Nashville, I, I was part of what they call a rescue spouse program. So they they they, they rescued, pulled me from the streets, <laughs> uh, nursed me up. But um, and then I had a son prior to our marriage. His name is Caleb. Uh, he's 25 now. And um, when we got married, Seth is the glue. You know, our mm-hmm. youngest son, Seth, he just he shares blood with everybody in the house, et cetera. A um, little backstory on my family, man. I told you my mother, again, was uh, really into um, uh, anthropology, right? So we, we, you know, appreciated a lot of diversity before it became a sexy term. And my father, my biological father was in the Marines, so he's a vet. Um, and in my family alone, in my nucleus, uh, 
my father, my, my uh, biological father wasn't around much, so my mother and my, my maternal side raised me, but my grandmother uh, was physically scarred and burned over probably 70% of her body because she, she lit herself on fire when she was seven. And, wow. and uh, old cousin Jeff rescued her, but she, and this was in the 30s, okay? So it wasn't sophisticated graphing, right? So grew up seeing a phys physically dis uh, disfigured grandmother. I mean, everything functioned, but she had all these graphs. Right. Had an aunt in the same house who was deaf. Had an uncle in the same house who was gay. And another uncle who just was just doing his thing, right? So, and then we had neighbors up and down the street. So we, I just learned that all that was my family. So I had all this diversity in the family, man. And, and so meeting Tina's family, didn't matter what color or whatever, we just we just melded together. Um, so when our families came together, our mothers, you gotta see them, they're the same height, the birthdays are like a week apart. Same age. It's crazy. It man. is. It's crazy. But that's a little bit about the chip side of my family. And I've got a brother and sister, uh, younger siblings, uh, Raymond and Sheree. Okay. <clears throat> Anything you want to add to that? Not really. <laughs> I was just thinking um, just about our our family unit. One, uh, one thing is that when we did blend our families together, we committed to never having stepchildren. And so our children have just always been our children. Yeah, or half. Yeah. It is for that. Yeah, it's, They're, yeah. 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 yeah it's, They're just siblings and just kids. That's what it's about. So where are all your kids right now? Because Caleb's in New York, yes. right? Um, the girls are local here. They teach mm -hmm. in Wilmington City School District. And Seth is with us getting ready to start grad school, but currently a microbiologist down in Cincinnati until August. Yep. Wh whose gene did he get that from? His <laughs> <laughs> Probably hers. <laughs> uh, that's great. And you have a grandchild. Yes. Yes. Tate. Just more, just more glue, right? Yeah. <laughs> see, that's the other thing too, man. The universe has been very, very fair to us. I mean, it, it's uh, it's funny. Our girls are biracial, mm -hmm. right? And one married a black guy, one married a white guy. It's fair balance, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tate is a you know he he's amazing. He's uh, the son of Alexis and Tim, mm -hmm. uh, and he's four. He just turned four, and. He's the most polite four-year-old I think I've ever met, honestly. <laughs> He's been that way since he was two. He's a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. He is a lot of fun. Just ask him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, of course, um, I've, I've actually known of you guys a lot longer than I've been here at the church because <laughs> your girls here and Alexis and I, we right. in high school, we worked together at McDonald's. <laughs> yes, that's right. And I love it when we ever we talk about McDonald's because we always get frustrated <laughs> with how we see employees at McDonald's work nowadays. They fold the bags wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and every time I go through the drive-thru, I'm like, oh, we could do this much faster. But I always joke, you know, the first job's a first job, but yeah, I would say the McDonald's was one of the best jobs I ever had. <laughs> so... And I do remember you two would come in every now and then. And so that's funny. When I started coming here to the church, I'm like, ah, oh, yes, it all clicks. <laughs> yeah, they talk about that, man. They said you had manager blood then. You were. <laughs> uh, no, the, the, there was the people that we tolerated and the people we like to work with. And I think we all we were all normally on the drive through team. So that's funny. And, and we, we, we were the best yeah. in the state. I would say so humbly. I did, <laughs> I did hear stories about how the girls used to 
um, pretend that they raced from one window to the next one customer. Yes. So they would think that it was one person instead yes. of two. Yeah. That's funny. And I, I remember, uh, I think they were up to become, one of them was supposed to become like employee of the month. And they said, we're not going to do it unless we both can be, and we can really? pose as Siamese twins that's or something. That's funny. And, that's pretty funny. They didn't. They, they didn't. I don't, I've never heard that one, but that's funny. Our son. Did, did you work there when Seth worked there? No, no. Yeah, um, he, he tried it for a little bit. We, he wasn't. He was. He's. He did pizza instead. Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> equipped for the burger, no. so he did pizzas. Uh, I, I think. Stuff. I think your girls and I we quit pretty close to the same time oh, within several months or something like that. But, um, so speaking of work, what do you both do for work? I know you're retired military, right? No, 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 no. no you no, did not retire. No, okay, no, no. Uh, I spent six years in six total. Yeah. Ask him what he did before the military. Besides drum? Or after the military, I'm sorry. Oh, after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was after, man. I um, Now you got me curious. I was doing everything from uh, uh, <laughs> selling Kirby vacuum cleaners to when the Generation 3 came out with the Zoom brush fans. Yes. Um, but the Tina's alluding to is my stint in the circus band. So I played played the summer up in New York, man, at a place called The Great Escape. It's now Six Flags Great Escape, but it was the independent amusement park and he had a circus band. And um the the great thing about it is that you got I learned how to play to a click track, right? Yes. And but I'm playing fifteen feet away from a cage full of leopards. You know? <laughs> and <laughs> Uh, leopards are a unique animal, man, and, and they're one of the only big game, game cats that kill for fun, right? And there was yeah. one leopard that always stared at me, and it, uh, the the ring, you know, the the guy that, that you know, tamed him, it's like, yeah, I think he wants to eat you. But, <laughs> yeah, I spent a, uh, uh, a summer up there, man, playing the Lake George, New York, okay. Glens Falls. I remember, I think it was, what, the Ringley Brothers? I think they were a circus that came to Cincinnati, I go see them, and there would be a live band that played. So that was you in New York. Yes, yes, yes. And Ringling Brothers Band was top notch. It was incredible, yeah. right? And they toured. We were stationary, so we stayed in one spot. But the thing we did do, Jake, was we would march from one end of the park to gather to 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 garner and muster up folks. We would march, and the ringleader was named was Roscoe the Clown. He ride a uh, <laughs> unicycle with with a placard or whatever saying "Follow me to the big top," and then we. You know, play uh, Washington Post or something, marching behind him, and people literally—you see the entire amusement park follows into the big top, and then fifty show, and then out comes the Globe of Death and the uh, American Eagles and uh, Liliana the Leopard Lady. So yeah, <laughs> but well, God it was seven days a week, which is illegal to make someone work that right. Right. And yeah, they they exploited us, man. I was, Oh my goodness! But yeah, it was a bunch of you know college age folks. So this was after you were married. No, no, no. no this is after. And you still married him? I know, after right? That? Well, yeah. I heard that story later. So <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I ain't telling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Um, but right now, currently, uh, fast forward, I am uh, employed at Wilmington College. I'm the uh, senior director of diversity and director of service and civic engagement efforts on the campus that's a mouthful yes, <laughs> yes. so pretty much you run the show no okay not, not <laughs> even close man i'm just a, i'm down in the broiler room man you know just stoking stoking the broilers keeping the machine moving that that's but no i've been there 23 plus years and uh worked everywhere from enrollment management to i'm in student affairs now and actually i'm about to change roles again 
uh-huh. uh, and switch from service to doing like campus activities, and then it had to be along with the diversity piece. So that's yeah. enough for me, though. I'll let Tina tell you what <laughs> she she do. <clears throat> I work in it, um, marketing and admission. It's not quite the long title, <laughs> but yeah. But I mean, just as important, right? She's a, she's a professional graphic designer. She she don't let the smooth taste fool you. But yeah, mm-hmm. she does does all that good stuff. So anything you see, like publications and things like that, that get mailed out or gifts on campus, a lot of those, that's her. Comes from her imagination. Yep. So what what you're saying is, you're there on campus, but she makes you all look good. Yes. Right. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. Did, didn't your son-in-law Tim work for Wilmington College for a while? He, he sure did. did. Mm-hmm. He worked yeah. in um, admission with admission. admissions, mm-hmm. and then he also worked in academic affairs. After okay. that, yeah, he was he became a uh, student su- success coach. Yeah, success coach where he helped keep kids on track academically, things like that. Mm-hmm. With him being an athlete, it was a great, great, yeah. great, great job for him. You, you could probably <clears> mention <throat> multiple things, but what's at least one thing that is rewarding about your job? From admission perspective, one thing that I love is to be in in the part of the experience of helping somebody to find their path, whether that means that they end up becoming a student or that they decide that that's definitely not for them, but just being a part of, you know, helping to make their future clear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I agree with Tim. Um, being in my area, I work with a lot of underrepresented students, you know, and, and work with the entire campus in different ways, but we have a program um, called Tihemba, which is a celebration of our diverse community graduate or com- graduates from our diverse community. So, um, and those numbers for those graduation rates, a lot of times are a lot lower than, than the majority population. So having those programs and seeing a student that you know came, you know, from humble beginnings and, and the struggle and all of that, you know, and be, be able to bring their family up on stage and they drop a, uh, a cultural, uh, we give them stoles to represent their culture. So it could be an international student, be African American mm-hmm. student, et cetera, an indigenous student. But when their family drops that on their shoulder, that's pretty heavy, man. So that's just one thing. But work with a lot of good colleagues, man. It, it, it's, it's, we enjoy it. Now, <clears throat> is this something that you pursued career wise or something that kind of fell into your lap? That's a position that maybe you just fell into or did you pursue this? I'm a licensed K through 12 teacher, so that should tell you. <laughs> should yeah, tell yeah, you. music teacher. <laughs> Not a, yeah, I'm a licensed K through 12 music teacher, man. So yes, and that that uh, it's funny how God uh, will <clears throat> prepare your trail as you go down the trail. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's one thing I, a lesson I teach is that no matter what your degree is, your education comes along the way and outside of a lot of times outside of class, right? Mm. So. Long story short, when I was in grad school, I was, you know, studying music, composition, and theory, but I had a grad assistantship at Miami that was recruiting minority students to their engineering programs, recruiting minority students to their applied sciences and paper science and all that stuff. Had no idea God was preparing me for recruitment at Wilmington College, right? So when I did come back up here and, and I tried to go into the teaching field, but things just didn't open up for me because uh, for some re- different reasons the college piece opened up and that's so no I didn't pursue it but it pursued me it found me and I feel like I'm in the right space career wise right now for me 
but what about and, for you? And he spent a lot of years in admission and um, by association, I helped do graphic design work for him. Um, and then after a lot of years, since I had done their publications for so long, it was kind of a natural fit for me to move mm-hmm. into that position. Uh, my background, like he said, is in graphic design and media. And um, and so, yeah, I feel like, you know, all of that just kind of came to, to the, you know, the perfect opportunity. And we are... And you about, taught graphics there for how yeah, many years? For about 14 years. Yeah. I was an adjunct faculty. And um, yeah. we're like two minutes from each other on campus. Um, just to, we can meet at the bell tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just go out for a walk. <laughs> All right, let's shift gears a little bit here. Let's do it. I, I, and I'm even curious about this. What led you to the Wilmington Church of Christ? Um, about 13, 14 years ago, we were kind of exploring um, some opportunities for youth programs mm-hmm. and visiting some churches in the area. And um, our kids love the youth programs here. And um, so that was one of the, the major things. And Chip had has always been a musician at church and was kind of um, also looking for a little space from that so we could sit together as a family and um, he's plays drums here now so <laughs> <laughs> did, did you at least get that space at first for two weeks for two weeks yeah, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say a couple yeah, yeah. weeks yeah it was a little while the day we saw Rachel Bennett up there singing and going doing her thing with, with no drummer I'm like what's up with that <laughs> yeah here we go yeah, that that that's pretty much why we we made the move. We really wanted to make sure our kids were being fed, and and not nothing against the church we were at. It's just that this this program was, um, yeah. and I'll drill down another layer too. I think um, you know personally, I was very comfortable and complacent being a musician there. Right, you sit up, you do, do your thing, but you know when when. I know my wife desired other things, and and she, you know, the 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 service aspect of of the WCC was really attractive. I think one of the first weeks we came, within you were doing a food pack or something. Where I think it was pretty, it wasn't. We weren't here long, and y'all were doing a food pack for Haiti. You know what I mean? Okay, and yeah. That excited us, um, and you know, just you know, just just making sure I had to get out of my. Um, comfortable bubble and be unselfish and make sure that you know my family was fed because you know lord knows they sacrificed many (laughs) days and 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 things like that for my for me so just i think that was part of what really was convincing me is making sure that everybody was 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 taken care of what what year was this that you came here was it 11 no, it was Nine. in 2009, 2010, okay. somewhere around in there. Yeah. Okay. When we first started visiting, and um, I am not actually sure what year. It was within a year or so that we joined. Yep. Yep. So. Well, so fast forward to even nowadays, what are some things do you love about the church? Well, I not love. Not that there's this huge list. I, mm. I'd like to think so. <laughs> Some of the things that I love is um, I love that there's always a good message that's uh, well thought out, well studied. And I love that there's always an action item to walk away with. Mm. Um, I love the video production crew. <laughs> I think that's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love the uh, congregation, how just down to earth folks are. Um 
I love the music aspect. I love the opportunity to be able to serve musically. And I love, I really like and enjoy the staff members. I really think everybody's just down to earth. And when you guys delve into things, you do it right. You know, from the, your, your technical equipment, things like that. I always appreciate that because mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of a techie myself. So I just love all that. Um, one thing uh, uh, that really I appreciate about the church is that being a brother, being African-American, being a black man, for those who are, who are uh, haven't met me yet, <laughs> it's just that I was embraced by the congregation. You know, and it didn't, it wasn't, you know, it, it kind of took a while because there were some folks that you were obviously uncomfortable, that, that were obviously uncomfortable things, but it works out. You know what I mean? And there's not few of us here, but, but the congregation is, is Have cool. you seen a lot of that change over the years being here? Um because you said some people yeah. might have been uncomfortable, or yeah, yep, yep. People speak and 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 everything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's they just know that we're just part of the family. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, and and I love some of the things you said. You know, especially like did you say the preaching's good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the video production and a lot of it speaks into the leadership of the church, right? The eldership. Because when we talk yeah. about things like uh, doing a podcast or having a video production crew. Eventually, they're like, okay, well, what's it going to take to do this thing right? You know, Mm -hmm. let's not just have something just to have it. If we're going to do something, let's make it quality worth. And so um, that's what I love about our leadership team. And uh, you two have, in many aspects, we've already touched on a few of them, but what are some of the ways you've been involved in the church, serving or any other way? Go first, then. Well, serving on the video production team. Um, is probably the thing that I've done the most. Um, and then here and there working with the youth at VBS and sometimes back in the in Jump Street. Yeah. And you were one of the first crew to ever be on the video team, right? You're part yeah. of the original. <laughs> the original. <laughs> we decided that we're going to do this. It was nice because, and you, you can back me up here, some people don't believe us when we say the volunteers, they're just that. They're not professionally trained you know they say hey i want to do this and we train them to the best of our ability but she already has some experience and knowledge coming in and so having tina come in is like you know we're 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 ahead of the curb Mm -hmm. (laughs) i brought my 20 year old experience with me and was like yeah i know how to frame a shot sort of (laughs) that was about it i'm obviously involved in the music ministry Mm -hmm. and when we first got here we were in a small group uh, but our schedules just are so disparate, man. We just don't have time a lot, a lot of times for that. But our kids are involved in different uh, small groups, and they're involved in the um, uh, children's like nursery ministry or, or whatever. I don't know what it's called. But I also in '15, I went to Haiti with 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 a group here from the church, and which was a great experience. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You did go mm-hmm. on that mission trip. What was that experience like, if you want to just touch on that? <laughs> eye-opening. It was a great, great experience. I mean, it was eye-opening. It was it was humbling. It was reaffirming. Uh, hot. Yes. You know? Oh, man. And realistically said, you know, I, we, can, we can make it sound great on paper and then say, yeah, we went down and built homes and all this. I ain't built nothing, man. I passed <laughs> bricks to the guys that were building the homes, you know? Um and, you know, you make relationships, you try to meet people and just love folks where they are. Uh, I enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed the fact that 
um, Lifeline seemed to be more about empowering people than just being, mm. you know, these 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 saviors that come down and, and and do all the magic for them, right? But they were they had people employed, Haitians employed at the place, at the place. They had Haitian teachers. They had all that. So that's what I really appreciate about that. One of my favorite pictures. That, I don't know if it was a picture, maybe a video I seen was footage of you teaching kids how to play bucket drums. Yes, we did that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and Seth, man. Yep, sure did, sure did. Man, those kids had rhythm, man. They picked it up like that. It was like, it was, it was, yeah, it was great, man. We had a good time with them. That was fun. Yeah, I do remember that. I remember when I showed up here at the church, um, within the first few weeks, you were drumming, and I'm like, if I was to get back involved and play guitar in the music ministry, I said, I want to play guitar with him. <laughs> Seems like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> right on, man. And we both played yeah, together yeah. for years. Yeah, later. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still impressed how you can play guitar with those big hands, man. You got bass hands. Man, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. You sound great, too, man. It's, it's fun. Nah, I said I love serving. And also, um, something that just came to mind was, was that the beginning of this year? You... Uh, Gave a message in one of our five by fives. Yeah, sure that was did. earlier this yes, year. Yes, yes. I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah. Have I done one or two? I think I've done just one. Yeah, two. I think you done one. one. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Sure did. Yep. And I, oh, you know what I used to do? Dale would have me uh, do announcements every now and then. I would do the welcomes <laughs> and all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I sure did do one of those five five by fives. I, I love knowing your family and seeing how much they even serve your daughters sing on the worship team um your son-in-law josh yes great drummer with the worship yeah, yeah. team i remember when you brought him to a practice one time he was unsure and you're like yeah yeah you need to do this like no yeah, you're I, gonna do it. yeah you do that sounds like me <laughs> so a little fun story is that um chip taught josh how to play drums when he was six or seven yeah just a little guy so um uh -huh. he was just Little sure tiny did. Josh, and he was teaching him how he has kind of some really neat techniques on how to teach little kids how to how to drum. And um, so he was he's one of his uh, prodigies. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, was he just interested in learning how to drum or was he also interested in a daughter that was there? When he was six, it was just the drums. It was yeah, just, just the drums. Because drum. yes. okay. yes. she was just pretty <laughs> little. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that man. interest came years later. <laughs> <laughs> there was one service, uh, I think it was maybe last fall, and um, it was the first five by five we've ever done here. And for those who don't know what that is, that is five speakers giving their best five minute messages. And both your son-in-laws, Josh and Tim, yes, was speaking. Great. That was great. You were drumming. Alexis was singing. Was she that? Day? I believe Sierra in the first service was on camera. Yeah. You were the whole crew, and we, and we do have a we do have a nickname for your family. It's called the McWeeder Docs. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we said the McWeeder Doc crew is running the show, is running yeah. the show today. Right. Um, but no, it, it's just a great testament though to um, seeing seeing kids and stuff serve. And yeah, man. You can't ask for more. Yeah. I mean, you, you, anything more. We, we, we always said to our kids, just be functional citizens in the United States of America. Just be <laughs> yes. functional. That's what we ask for. We're blessed that they all are, man. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> well, I have a final question as kind of a send off. And that is, if you could give listeners a piece of advice or an encouraging word, what would that be? Now, I know there either is a lot to choose from or maybe your mind just ran blank. 
The first thing that came to my mind is to just always continue to grow, grow in your relationship with Christ and grow in everything you do. Never stop learning. Mm-hmm. From a marital standpoint, um, never forget the power of forgiveness. You know what I mean? Ooh. Forgive your spouse every day. You know what I mean? And because we're going to make mistakes every but just a lot of things have power, but forgiveness has power, right? And then from a personal standpoint, I would say focus on everything that has to go right for you to be where you are. Not what goes wrong, but count every day as a blessing and every just be appreciative of everything that's gone right. And it's amazing the advice you give is opposite of what the culture teaches a lot today too. Culture doesn't always teach, hey, forgive your spouse, right? Count every day as a blessing. Yep. Um, and, that, and that's great advice. And so I just want to thank you both for being amongst the first crew to uh, okay. to launch this with. Um, count that as a blessing, I guess, if you, if you may. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, I do. And so um, and we, we look forward to seeing what comes out of this. And I know God's got some blessings in store. And so far, the stories we've been hearing, it's encouraging words to everyone. And um, I know our church family will be blessed. So thank you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You guys are on the right track, man. It's nice, yeah. nice setup.